Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, boxing fans. This is Jenna J, and I'm welcoming you to the 244th edition of On the Ropes Boxing Radio. And I have a great show in store for you guys this week. I'll be joined by two guests. I'll be having the return of the one and only Floyd Joy Mayweather Sr., who will be on to discuss the latest news involving his son, get his views on a possible comeback, and also talk to him about the very big fight this weekend between Canelo Alvarez and Miguel Cotto. But to open up this week's show, I have a very special returning guest. He's now making his ninth appearance to On the Ropes Boxing Radio. I'm joined by light heavyweight contender Edwin Rodriguez. How's things going today, Edwin? It's going great. Thank you for having me once again. Always happy to be here. Well, it's definitely a pleasure to have you back on the show, Edwin, especially after such an exciting performance that you had from this past week. You took on Michael Seals. It was a fight in which you knocked him down, then he knocked you down twice, and you ultimately came away with a knockout victory. Can you talk a little bit about that crazy first round you had? Um, you know, I uh, came at him a little uh, too fast, uh, ended up putting him down, came out to try to finish him, and, uh, you know, he could back a punch and uh, went into his right hand, uh, got up, went back down again at the end of the first round. Uh, what a round. You know, not the type of round that I was expecting to have. Um, but, um, you know, I was down and uh, I had to get up. I had to get up the floor twice to uh, be able to come back and uh, put him away. Uh, I took a lot of heart and, and uh, will and determination to be able to get off the floor and, um, you know, and, and beat Michael Seals the way I did it. Um, I don't know how I did it, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was looking... Uh a little bit shaky at the end of the first round because that was it was quite a shot that he hit you with, especially to end that round. How were you feeling after that shot and when you got up to get to your corner? You know, how did how did the recovery process go for you? Uh, I thought I was feeling pretty good, but after watching the videos and seeing that um, I, I, I didn't even hear the bell. I didn't hear the bell. I wanted to continue fighting because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't hear the bell. And uh, it took Ronnie to, you know, uh, go to my opponent's corner and bring me back to the corner. It was that type of round, you know. Um, he had to basically bring me back because uh, I was fighting, but it was all based on uh, I'm a fighter. You know, I didn't know I was fighting, but I was fighting. I wanted to continue to fight, and I didn't hear the belt or anything. I didn't know what was going on, but I wanted to fight. So, um, you know, Ronnie got me back, um, brought me back, and um, beginning of the second round, I was cautious, but uh, I was back. And by the end of that round, I ended up putting him down. And then you know the rest. I do know the rest. You ended up knocking him out in that third round, landing a terrific shot that put him down on the canvas and had him struggling to get up. Did you uh, know the fight was over as soon as you saw him there on the canvas? Um, I know the fight was over before... Um, when I landed the punch, you know, when I landed the punch, I didn't even have to look at him. I knew he was going down. Uh, when I landed that right hand, I just landed like right on the button. And I just felt it's like when you hit a home run and you just walk it off. It was the same type of feeling. Um, I just knew it was gone. I knew he was done. And uh, I just walked away like a boss. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Edwin, now that you have that victory, question is, what do you want to do next? Some people have said that maybe, maybe maybe you want to take a rematch, or do you do you just want to move forward from that fight and, and see what's next? Honestly, uh, rest. It was a tough fight for both of us. I'm okay with a rematch. I'd love to fight him again. It was a great fight. Uh, entertaining. Uh, the fan loved it, and the fan wants it again. I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. You know, it is what it is. I'm not sure if he wants it, but We'll see what Heyman and, and Ludabella has in store for me. But 
If they bring that fight up, I'm all about it. Why not? We'll do it again. All right. Well, you mentioned Al Heyman, and he also happens to have the light heavyweight champion of the world, Adonis Stevenson, under his roster. And I have to wonder, from your perspective here, you just had this tough fight here. If you get that call saying, hey, I'd like you to fight Adonis Stevenson, do you take that fight immediately, or do you say you want a few more fights for the division? What happens? Um, you know, this is the fight that I've been working for. I feel like I have been ready for uh, a fighter like Adonis Stevenson for a while now. Um, you know, Donna Stevenson being such a big puncher, a lot of people are going to be like now, you know, I got put down by Michael Seals and Donna Stevenson, a bigger puncher or whatever. Um, he might not be ready, whatever, but I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready. Um, you know, with Seals, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know he'd bring that type of power. Yeah, he was knocking a lot of people out, but, you know, let's be quite frankly, the position that he was fighting wasn't, uh, at my level, you know, uh, at this level. So I didn't take his power serious, and I learned the hard way. Uh, with Adonis Stevenson, I know he brings real power. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm not just going to rush in there and, and and try to, you know, go crazy uh, like I did with Seals. I learned the hard way. I learned from that. Uh, but it's a whole different fight with, with Stevenson, uh, knowing that Stevenson has legit power. As of Seals, it was questionable. But it's not a question anymore. All right. Well, if you get a shot at Adonis Stevenson, you're most likely going to have to cross the border and go over to Canada to have that fight. Will that affect the way you go about the fight at all, knowing that you have to pretty much go in there for a knockout to, to get the call? You know, you've been in foreign territory before. You went into uh, California to fight Andre Ward. You went into someone's hometown. But do you, do you feel that way? If you have to go into someone's hometown, you have to get a knockout. Um, I don't feel like I have to get a knockout, but I feel like I have to uh, convincingly win. I can't let it be in a close fight. Close fight goes to the champion, especially when the champion is in his hometown. Um, but uh, he's a champ, and if you're, you know, willing to take his belt, and um, you have to be willing to travel. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the light heavyweight division because there isn't just Adonis Stevenson. There's also Sergey Kovalov. What are your thoughts on him? I think he's a great fighter. Um, you know, quick combination together, strong puncher. Uh, I think he's a better boxer than Stevenson. Stevenson's more explosive and he's a lefty. Uh, if those two guys fight, it would be a great fight. They're definitely in a knockout. But um, also, he's a good, uh, good fighter. Uh, unfortunately, there's so much uh, going on between main events and um, you know, uh, Heyman or whoever it is that um, is not allowing Stevenson and, and Sergey or uh, Heyman fighters to fight against Stevenson and HBO or back on PBC. Um, so there's not really much for me to say, but um, I think that Sergey is a good fighter and uh, I love to fight. I'm, I'm here to fight the best, and uh, he is definitely one of them. So that's, that's another fight that's out there as well. Uh, well, the light heavyweight division is quickly becoming one of the best talented, most stacked divisions because also Andre Ward's now here. He's at light heavyweight. He uh, signed a recent three-fight deal, and which should end in a Sergey Kovalev fight. How do you expect Andre Ward to do it in this division? I think he'll do well. I think uh, Andre Ward got a gold medal at 170 in the, in the amateurs. And um, so I don't think the weight will be um, a problem for him uh, he's a smart fighter, and I think he would do well with um, anyone at 175. Um, hopefully down the road after I win a world title um, and I have something to bring to the table, I'm able to uh, get my rematch with Ward. All right, now going back to that fight that you had with Andre Ward, looking back, is there anything you would do different, your approach, anything you'd do different with that opportunity? Uh, yeah, not fight him 168, try to get it a, a little higher. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm a whole different fighter. I was young. I was, I was, um, so hungry that I fought reckless and, 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 uh, stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, I learned a lot from that fight. Andre Ward was a very smart fighter, really good fighter. And, um, you know, I learned a lot in that fight. So, um, definitely have become a better fighter because of that fight. And I'm going to continue to improve. And definitely when I do fight him again, I have to fight him different because, um, you know, the first round was competitive, but then after that, um, I died down. So um, 
I have to come up with a whole different game plan and uh, put it together. I want to talk to you about the boxing team a little bit because this weekend there's fights happening in the middleweight division. It'll be between Canelo Alvarez and Miguel Cotto, and I'm wondering who you are picking to win that fight and why. This is a great fight, Canelo versus uh, Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto it, it's, uh, has been looking great his last couple of fights. Um, Canelo is a young fighter. Um, he's a young champion. And I think that uh, it's a little too late uh, for, for Miguel Cotto to be able to uh, compete with somebody like um, like Canelo. I think he's just too strong. He's fast. He's young. And uh, although Miguel has been able to rejuvenate his career a little bit, I don't think it's going to be enough to uh, beat a young champion like um, Canelo. All right. Now, do you think this fight's going to be a good fight? Because the last big hype mega fight, didn't quite live up to the hype in, in Mayweather Pacquiao. Do you think this fight can live up to any of the hype that it's pleasing to boxing fans? Uh, yes, definitely. I think this fight will be way um, better than um, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao because stylistically, uh, Miguel Cotto is not in a bad fight. And Canelo, he's, uh, neither of these guys are fighters that are defensive. We, wizards, like They don't have bad defense, but they're not their uh, strength is their offense. So um, I think we definitely have a good fight in our hand. Okay. All right. Well, I did mention Pacquiao briefly. I just wanted to get your views on his last fight that's coming up. It will be in April. It's already been announced that it will be the last fight of his career. They're talking maybe that it will be Amir Khan that faces him in the ring. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on Manny Pacquiao's career, the career he had, and, and how do you think he would do with Amir Khan? Uh, I think that Manny Pacquiao is really explosive and, and, and strong. Uh, I think that Amir Khan is a good fighter, but, um, you know, his weakness is his jaw. And I think that Manny Pacquiao's speed and explosiveness will be able to find the jaw and, and win by uh, TKO and knockout. Uh, although I wish that um, uh, Crawford gets the opportunity to put Pacquiao away and, and have the next generation of boxing take over. All right. All right. Well, Edwin, I just have a couple more questions before I let you off the line. And you mentioned before, you said, you know, you want to have a good rest after the kind of fight that you had. How soon do you see yourself actually stepping back into the ring? Um, you know, I, I had MRIs and everything after a fight like that, and everything came back good and normal. Um, so, um, you know, I want to take the year off, the rest of this year, and I start training in January, maybe I'll get back sometime um, February, March. All right, and do you think you will get a title shot in your next fight, or do you think it will happen sometime in 2016? I'm hoping it's my next fight in the beginning of 2016, uh, but if it's not uh, the one after, um, I won as soon as possible, but never know in boxing, so I'm just working to be ready for whenever I get the call and, and the, the opportunity. All right, well, in closing, Edwin, is there any message you want to pass along to all your fans? Um, first of all, I want to say from far, I had a great fight with Cleverly. That was a great fight, but that's somebody else that, uh, is in the radar and I would love to fight from far. I think he's very entertaining and I think a fight between me and him will, um, will be a fan friendly fight. But, um, I just want to say, uh, thank you, uh, for the support, um, uh, and um, continue to follow the career. A lot of entertaining fights uh, coming up at light heavyweights. A lot of good fighters out there, and uh, a lot of great matchups for me. And I just want to say thank you to uh, everyone for for the support, especially after this uh, last fight. All right. Well, Edwin, it's been a great pleasure having you come on on the Rose Box Radio once again. I uh, thought your performance was very very exciting. I think you threw the boxing fans, so I'm looking forward to seeing you get back out there. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's always great. All right. Thank you so much, Edwin. Have a good day. All right. Take care. All right. That was Edwin Rodriguez talking about his fight from last week. Um, definitely a very, very exciting encounter that he had with Michael Fields. And uh, one that, you know, still, I, I've watched that fight now three times, and it's like, wow. It's just, you know, it, it, it was a crazy first round, and Edwin Rodriguez went out there, you know, looking to, to score a knockout. I mean, he went out there looking for the KO, and I said, that's kind of like the cardinal rule that you shouldn't do in box. You shouldn't go out there looking for a KO. You should let it come to you. So he went out there looking for the KO, 
and, you know, he knocked down his opponent, but then he found himself getting knocked down twice, but ultimately did get the knockout. So, you know, it was a, it was a very exciting fight for himself. But as he, as he said right there, he saw some things that, you know, maybe that he can work on and, and some things that he wouldn't like to do in his next fight. He didn't respect the power of his opponent going into that fight, and he certainly has respect for that power now. But, um, you know, he did come away with a victory. That was the most important thing. He showed his mettle as a fighter. You know, he, he showed the, the willingness to get off the canvas, come back, get back up, and then knock out your opponent. And that's, that's what we got to see as a boxing fan. You know, Edwin Rodriguez, did what we like to see. We saw a fighter that was tested, he faced adversity, and he came through it. So, if anything, Edwin Rodriguez will definitely be a better fighter for what happened this past week. Obviously, he has experience in his career. He's, he's already had a title shot. He's been through that. He says he's a better fighter now. Um, now he's experienced, you know, this type of fight where he's been tested and, you know, he had to, to answer that question whether or not this is what he wants, and obviously it is, you know. I mean, he's even willing to have a rematch with Michael Steele. He's not afraid to be in these type of encounters. So uh, it was just a, a very fun fight from Edwin Rodriguez. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Right now he's saying he's going to take a rest, and I think it's a well-deserved rest. You know, you have that kind of fight, those kind of punches land for the first few rounds, you know. Take a few months off, and then get back out there, see what options lay for him, but there are some options. I mean, he is with Al Heyman. Al Heyman does have Adonis Stevenson, so, you know, that's an option for him. That's a possible fight for him. And as he said, he won't be going out there and fighting the same type of fight that he, he fought with Michael Steele, that he, that he would fight with Adonis Stevenson, that he would take things more carefully, but also keep in mind that he has to win the fight convincingly as the fight will most likely take place on foreign soil. So, um, you know, there's definitely a, a lot of options out there for Edwin Rodriguez, and the most important thing that he showed fans is that he's fun to watch, and an exciting fighter gets more opportunities, so looking forward to seeing what happens for Edwin Rodriguez in 2016. All right, well, let's move things now to the fan mailbag segment called Ask Jenna. That's where you guys, the boxing fans, get to ask me the questions. You can do this either by emailing me at ontheropesboxingradio at gmail.com, mentioning me on Twitter, Jenna on the Ropes, or posting your questions in our Facebook group, which has 10,300 members. So, guys, if you want to get your questions on the show, that is how you can do it. I'm going to take my first question. This one comes from Carlos Garcia. He says, do you think it was right for the WBC to demand such a high fee from Miguel Cotto to sanction it for a WBC belt? Does Cotto losing the belt hurt the marketability of this fight at all? All right, well, it's an interesting thing you brought up here, Carlos, because you know, it's more than just the WBC demanding, you know, their sanctioning fee, because that's kind of standard. I mean, they, they take a certain percentage as written in their rules out of each fighter's purse to be sanctioned for a world title fight. So the amount of the money really wasn't a question there. You know, it was supposed to be $300,000 that Miguel Cotto was supposed to pay. But the big thing that comes up in all this was he was additionally supposed to pay Gennady Golovkin a step-aside fee of $800,000 to allow this fight to even be for the WBC middleweight title having Golovkin step aside and allow these two guys to fight for the WBC belt. So bearing that all in mind, Cotto would have had to pay $800,000 fee to Gennady Golovkin and pay the $300,000 to WBC. And that's a lot of money. That's $1.1 million to fight for the WBC belt. And, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, that's where it's not really right for the WBC to demand so much money because, you know, they're making money from Canelo Alvarez, being the fact that this is from, uh, you know, it's being a WBC title fight. They're making an additional sanctioning fee. So the fact is if Cotto doesn't pay off Golovkin, they don't get any sanctioning fee at all from that side. So I do think it was worth kind of making some sort of consideration to Cotto to lessen his sanctioning fee, being the fact that he's paying this additional fee to also even be a title fight at all. You know, Cotto said in the press he was willing to pay $125,000. Well, you know... I'd say a certain percentage of money is better of 100% of nothing. So, you know, I think WBC made a mistake. And the fact is that they didn't get this solved. They delayed it all the way to four days before the fight. You know, it's kind of a crazy situation that happened right there. So the belt is going to be on the line for Canelo. It's not going to be on the line for Cotto. Um, whether or not Golovkin actually gets his $800,000, that's kind of up for debate now with Miguel Cotto saying, well, you know, I don't know if I have to pay that fee because I'm no longer fighting for the WBC belt. Well, that may be true, but 
Canelo Alvarez is fighting for the belt, and it's all part of this promotion. So, you know, all I know is is that the sanctioning bodies, there's just too many fees, there's too many belts, there's just too much craziness when it goes around. It's too much politics when it comes around to these, you know, these belt organizations and, and what they want from their champions there. So I don't blame Cotto for being upset. Me personally, if I was him, I would just tossed the belt in the trash long ago. I'd save my $1.1 million. You got the Ring Magazine belt. You know, this fight itself isn't built on belts. It's built on the matchup. It's built on the matchup between a young 25-year-old who's been a champion before, who's got a huge fan base, excellent skill set against a, a champion who's, you know, highly decorated. You know, it's, it's a stylistic fight that fans have been really waiting to see. It's not about belts. It's not about what the you know, belt is on the line. It doesn't really mean anything at all. It's about the fight itself. That's what fans care about. So, you know, the whole situation of the WBC, I think it's kind of silly. You know, it would be nice if the belt was on the line. It's a little added something. But it doesn't take away anything from it. It doesn't take away from the marketability at all. People aren't paying to see this fight, to see the WBC belt on the line. They're paying to see this fight, to see Canelo and Cotto fight each other, and that's what they're going to see this weekend. I'm going to take my next question. This one comes from Joe Price. He says, what did you think of Guillermo Rigondeaux signing with Rock Nation Sports? All right, well, Joe, um, I'm very happy to see that Guillermo Rigondeaux has signed with Rock Nation Sports because this guy has had a rough a rough month. He lost his WBO belt. He was stripped of that. The WBA actually reduced his championship status and called him a champion in recess. Even though he fought last December, you know, and they allowed Andre Ward to carry the belt for almost two years without actually defending it. So, you know, I mean, he's had a rough month. You know, he's a guy that really doesn't get much respect. He doesn't have the most fan-pleasing style. And, and some of his fights, you know, they've been boring. Some of the fights have been good. His last fight in December was an exciting fight. He was on the canvas. His opponent was on the canvas. It was a, it, it was an exciting matchup. So I think Guillermo Rigondeaux, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, you know, as a fighter, the skilled fighter that he is, and I'm happy to see that he's getting this type of opportunity. He's going to be on the undercard of Cotto Canelo, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. He's going to get that exposure, and hopefully being a Rock Nation sport, being tied to that, he'll have more opportunities. So, you know, try to get him out there to a wider base, get him, you know, on, on, on some of their outlets, and just get him fighting more often, because that's the most important thing. Guillermo Rigondeaux, you know, time's not exactly on his side. He's an older fighter at this point. So, you know, i just like to see Rigondeaux get some opportunities, get some fights, you know, whether they're against, you know, Vasil and Lomachenko if he decides to move up and wait, you know, whether or not he gets a rematch of Donnier, any of these kind of situations. We just want to see Guillermo Rigondeaux fight. You know, he's a very skilled fighter. He doesn't get the credit for the skill set that he has. And I think it's about time that he has a real good opportunity come his way. So, I'm happy for Guillermo Rigondeaux. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight on this undercard, and I'm looking forward just in general to seeing him in the ring more often. All right, my next question comes from Mike Williams. He said, what do you think of the buildup of Canelo versus Cotto? How does it stack up of other big fights that we've seen in the past few years? All right, well, well to be honest with you, Mike, um, the, the buildup for Cotto Canelo has been kind of quiet. You know, you don't see as many promos on television as you would see for other fights. Um, you know, you see more promos for a Manny Pacquiao fight or a Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight, Mayweather Pacquiao, all that. You know, but quietly, it's building some excitement. You know, you're starting to see occasional promos here or there. You know, you see the 24-7 series. You saw the face-off. You know, so, you know, it's had a slow build-up to it. But, you know, to be honest, it's not about build-up. I mean, the hardcore boxing fans, they know what they're getting in this fight. I mean, it's just going to be a great stylistic matchup. Cotto is, you know, honestly, he's never in a bad fight the way that he fights with his fighting style. Canelo, you know, he, he comes forward. He wants to give it his all. He's not going to put out a boring fight. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a very good fight for boxing fans. So, you know, while the buildup to this fight hasn't had, you know, the excitement or the luster that a Pacquiao Mayweather does, I don't care about the buildup because, you know what, a huge buildup just lets you down. That's what it does. A huge buildup never lives up to the, to the hype of a fight. So I'd rather have this fight have less of a buildup and have a better matchup and I think that's what we're going to get here. This Saturday night, we're going to see a great matchup. Later on the show, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to pick my winner. But, you know, overall as a fight, I think fans will actually be pleased with this pay-per-view. All right, I'm going now to my next question. This one comes from Drew Harper. He said, what did you think of Timothy Bradley's performance under Teddy Atlas against Brendan Rios? All right, well, you know, I actually didn't get a chance to talk about this fight in the immediate aftermath of it. So I'm happy you asked this question there, Drew, because, 
you know, Timothy Bradley looked outstanding. I mean, Timothy Bradley looked fantastic under Teddy Atlas. I mean, just the, the way that he went about the fight, the angles that he fought from, you know, the fact that he was stepping to his left, throwing multiple hooks. I mean, yes, he was facing Brendan Rios, uh, a guy that stands right in front of you, a guy that's easy to look good against. Um, but still, Teddy Atlas has made a definite impact in Timothy Bradley. Timothy Bradley looked the best that I've ever seen him. And, you know, for a fighter that's 31 years old, to see the best that he's ever looked, that's a great thing. It's a great sign. And the important thing for Timothy Bradley is that he listens to Teddy Atlas. He listens to him. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that, you know, a trainer can have with their fighter is a fighter that listens to him, listens to the thing that he says, follows, you know, the commands in the corner. Because that's the reason why a lot of these trainer relationships don't work. That's the reason why Teddy Atlas, even though he's a great trainer, hasn't had, you know, all the biggest name fighters because a lot of the fighters that he even worked with didn't quite listen to him. You know, you have to get a fighter that completely buys into what a trainer is saying. And Timothy Bradley buys into everything Teddy Atlas is saying, and it's just clicking. It's clicking perfectly. I mean, and also, too, you get Teddy Atlas in your corner. He fires you up. He fires you up. He gets you motivated. I mean, that speech has been played all over TV. It's been played all over YouTube. Timothy Brown, where are we? We're firemen. What do we do with fires? We extinguish the fire. So, I mean, it just got him all hyped up, got him amped up. And what did he do? He knocked out Brendan Rio, something that I never would have expected, something that Timothy Bradley came on this show and said wasn't going to happen. He said, well, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to knock him out. What did you do? You knocked him out. So uh, I think Timothy Bradley looked fantastic. Everything that he did with T- Teddy Atlas, it just seemed to work. It seemed to click, you know. Uh, at first, I didn't know how this whole training change would work, but sometimes a change is for the better, and in this case, I do think it is for the better. Timothy Bradley looks fantastic, and I can't wait to see him get back out there and see what he does next. All right, my next question now comes from Chris Smith. He says, do you think Bradley made a case for himself to get a Pacquiao rematch in Pacquiao's last fight? This is interesting, Chris, because I brought this up to Timothy Bradley last I spoke to him. You know, he said, well, you know, I'd like to have that third fight, but I doubt with, you know, politics and everything that it can happen. And, you know, me, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen because it's not as marketable as a mere con fight as, as great as Timothy Bradley looks under Teddy Atlas. You know, it's still it's just still a hard fight to market because not everybody saw Timothy Bradley's last fight, you know. They only saw the first fight in which they thought he lost and he got a decision, and they saw the second fight in which he clearly lost. So, you know, it's hard to make a case for a third fight for Timothy Bradley, but if you're basing it off performances, just performances in general, then Timothy Bradley definitely made a case for a third fight. I'd love to see how Teddy Atlas, you know, puts a, a game plan out there for Timothy Bradley in a rematch because I saw things in both fights, the first and the second fight, that Timothy Bradley could do well that bothered Manny Pacquiao, especially actually in the second fight. Early in the second fight, I thought Timothy Bradley won a couple of the early rounds, and he just stopped doing it. You know, he had it built in his head that he couldn't win by any other way but knockout, and that messed him up in the fight. You know, it took him out of his game, and he just went out there looking for a knockout of Manny Pacquiao instead of going out there boxing, which he could have done and could have won doing. You know, he just felt, no matter what, I can't get a decision, so why even try a box? Why even give myself that chance? You know, if, if him and Teddy Atlas tackle Manny Pacquiao, I think it would be a great thing. I think it's a, a fight in which Timothy Bradley could legitimately get a win over Manny Pacquiao, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't think it's the most marketable fight for Manny Pacquiao. The most marketable fight for Manny Pacquiao is the near con. That's the fight that should happen. Marketability-wise, and also the fact is that it is, Manny Pacquiao's last fight, it's a chance for him to go out a fantastic performance. Amir Khan doesn't have the best chin in the world, so it's a chance for Manny Pacquiao to go out for a memorable performance. And against Timothy Bradley, it might not be memorable. He might lose. So uh, I don't think a rematch uh, will happen between Bradley and Pacquiao. But, you know, did he make a case for himself? I think he did. All right, I'm going now to my next question. This one comes from Brian Lopez. He says, what do you think of Andre Ward once again being injured and not even having his debut performance at light heavyweight on the undercard of Cotto Canelo? Um, all right, well, this is nothing new to boxing fans out there because Andre Ward is a fighter that's more of a rumor than an actual fighter. Because you, you hear the name, but you never see him fight. As a matter of fact, when it came to his last opponent, I was thinking about his last opponent, I couldn't even come up with the name of Andre Ward's last opponent, even though I saw him fight back in June. I couldn't even think of it. I actually had to go look it up at BoxRec. That's how obscure 
Andre Ward has been of late. He's not fighting elite-level opposition, and he's just not fighting that often. He fought Paul Smith in his last fight. Sure, he looked good. He won by TKO 9, but he was fighting Paul Smith. So, you know, Andre Ward right now is kind of a rumor of fighter because he just doesn't fight often enough. You know, I talked to his trainer in a recent special. I talked to Virgil Hunter, and he said, yeah, you know, I made the decision to pull him from the pay-per-view because he had swelling in his knee. He needed a week to rest. Well, I mean, the fighter that he was going to face was Alexander Brand in his light heavyweight debut. To be honest, I would have risked it. I would have went out there. I would have fought that fight. I would have, you know, hey, if I don't look the best in the world, who, who cares? I'll just get back out there. Let fans see me again. So, you know, Andre Ward has been kind of a rumor of a fighter of late, and I want to see him get back in that ring. So, you know, so far his, his debut to, you know, light heavyweight, we haven't seen it yet. He's done a three-fight deal. It's supposed to end in Sergey Kovac. I don't know how any of that's going to go, but I do have to say this. Andre Ward needs to get back out in the ring because right now, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it three times, he's a rumor of a fighter. A fighter fights in the ring, and we got to see Andre Ward back out there to even be considered a factor in the light heavyweight division. All right, I'm going up to my final question of this week's Ask Jenna segment, and it comes from longtime Ask Jenna supporter Oliver Thomas Rooker. He says, what are your thoughts on Floyd Mayweather Jr. getting mentioned more outside the ring by people instead of being mentioned for fights. All right, well, this is, you know, interesting because we see a lot right now involved with Floyd Mayweather Jr. He's getting mentioned before an MMA fight. He's getting mentioned by, you know, Adrian Broner in terms of, you know, their, their beef that they have with each other. And then he's getting mentioned in a Playboy article from Oscar De La Hoya. You know, and it's just a common theme that goes along this sport. People want to get attention to themselves. People want to draw attention to themselves. And how do they do it? They talk about the biggest name in all of boxing, Floyd Mayweather Jr. And that's what happens with Floyd right now. They're not talking about the next fight for Floyd. They're not talking about anything of that. There's people just talking about Floyd, saying comments about Floyd, and that gets attention for themselves. You know, it just seems like Floyd, whether he fights or not, he's just still a big story, still a big name. I mean, take, for instance, the whole situation of Adrian Broner. You know, Adrian Broner said something about, you know, FTMT. And then Floyd heard it. He got all upset about it said that, you know, well, Adrian Broner, you know, he fought for a title. He won in a fourth weight class. He didn't deserve a title, you know, saying that he shouldn't have been making fun of Bruce Jenner, you know, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner. You know, he shouldn't have been doing anything like that, that he hasn't deserved that kind of thing, that insulting TMT is insulting Al Heyman, that whole beef. And then you see Adrian Broner come back. He has a 10-minute video looks like where he's about to cry, that he's, you know, almost in tears, saying, you know, Big Brother, why are you talking bad about me? Why do you do that, Floyd? So, I mean, you know, it's just a situation where people like to get attention for themselves by mentioning Floyd. Uh, Ronda Rousey, she mentioned Floyd and, and got herself tons of attention. People even talking about whether or not she could beat him in a legitimate fight. Obviously, she has problems beating female fighters, let alone male fighters, so that's a topic for another day. And, of course, Oscar De La Hoya, the Playboy article. I don't know what to say about Oscar in that whole situation. I know he's kind of backed off that stance a little bit, but, I mean, just to even put that out. I mean, yeah, Floyd's done. Floyd's career is over. But, you know, you kind of come off as a little bit jealous when you make this kind of open book statement right there saying, well, it's good that you retired. You bored the boxing fans. You didn't excite people. Oscar De La Hoya made a lot of money from Floyd Mayweather Jr. While he did not directly promote Floyd Mayweather Jr., he was involved in promoting him. I mean, Floyd was represented by Al Heyman, but Golden Boy Promotion promoted a lot of the biggest fights of Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s career. So, I mean, it's just a situation where people like to draw attention to themselves by mentioning Mayweather. I mean, Oscar mentioned Floyd the way he did in the Playboy article in the same sentence. So you mentioned, oh, there's a big pay-per-view this week between Canelo and Cotto. So, it's like I said in the beginning of the segment, it's a lot of it's all politics in the sport here. Everyone trying to draw attention to themselves. Everyone trying to make their name bigger. And right now, the biggest name in boxing and probably the biggest name in combat sports is Floyd Mayweather Jr. right now. So that's why they mention him. That's why his name gets thrown out there. And that's why we're talking about him right now. All right. Well, that was this week's Ask Jenna segment. I'd like to thank all the fans who submitted your questions. And guys, if you want to be part of the show, it's not hard to do it. You heard the top of the segment. Submit your questions. I'll read them on the show, and you too can be part of On the Ropes. All right, let's move things now to my final guest of this week's show, and he's absolutely a returning one, now making his 35th appearance to On the Ropes Boxing Radio. I'm joined once again by the one and only 
Floyd Joy, Mayweather Senior. How's it going today, Floyd? Okay. Uh, well, Floyd, that's definitely good to hear. Well, seeing as I have you back on the show, I'd like to talk to you about some recent news revolving your son and some of the more recent news actually involves Oscar De La Hoya making some public comments about him. I'm curious if you heard those comments and what you thought of them. Well, you know, uh, I think that um, De La Hoya didn't, uh, you know, make a lot of smart remarks. My thing is, is uh, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but it ain't right for Floyd not. Floyd's not saying anything about him, you know. When people get when people get mad and envious and 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 jealous and you know all these kind of things, get mad out of they out of they wits. Floyd Floyd ain't doing none of that stuff. Now, why do you think he's downplaying the accomplishments that your your son has done in his career? Look here, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Look here. It's it, it, it only because Floyd whooped his ass. You know, I'm just saying, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, whatever the fight is and whatever it was, it's, it's not a problem. Floyd whooped everybody. They whooped easy. Pacquiao bust Delahoy up and stopped him and let Floyd beat Pacquiao up like he was nobody. You know, so I'm just saying, it just, it is what it is. He fought Delahoy, he fought Delahoy one time, and he fought Floyd another time. So, whatever time it, it worked for Oscar, whatever it did for Oscar, and whatever it did for Floyd, that's what it is. Alright, now do you think maybe he's saying the things he's saying now because he has no promotional involvement at all with Floyd at this point? No, he, 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 he never promoted Floyd. I mean, you know, he's never promoted for as far as I know, but I'm just saying that, you know, all this, all this jealous stuff that Oscar's talking about, he needs to quit it. I mean, it, it, it doesn't even make sense, man. I mean, you know, every time, look here, only, only, only way that you have a problem with a person like that, anytime you have a problem with a person like that, he, he's got to be a, obsessed with Floyd. I mean, any time a man, another man, I mean, Floyd ain't talking about, Floyd ain't saying nothing about him and his mini skirts and his stockings and his titties and wigs and lipstick and, and, and eyelashes and, and, you know, all his earrings and, you know, and, uh, Floyd ain't saying nothing about that. Floyd ain't saying a word about high heel slippers. I mean, Floyd ain't saying not one word about that. I haven't, I haven't heard him say nothing about it. And then, I mean, anytime you wear all that stuff like that, then, you know, beyond flippers and the wigs, the, 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 the lip, the lip gloss and whatever, then, then, when you, when you get that far, that far, and get all those things, but now, guess where you are now? You are, you, you have, you have no other alternative but to switch. You have no other alternative but to switch down the street. That's what women do. <laughs> okay, now, do you think maybe at all that he mentions Floyd so much to get attention for himself that he wants to draw attention to himself by mentioning Floyd? So far as I'm concerned, you know, it ain't no, it ain't no problem with me. It ain't, it ain't no problem with me and Oscar. It ain't no problem with me and Oscar. Me and Oscar, it's cool, but look here. But, but, but we are, we are cool far as I know, but hey, if he feel that way about my son, I feel a certain way about him. And, 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 and there's no reason for nobody else to feel that I should feel different. Yeah. And, it, and, every, and every time you look around, he's got something to say about my son. Don't nobody talk about no damn man that damn much. He's a damn man himself. Uh, well, since we're talking about people mentioning your son in the press, I do have to ask you about this, that MMA fighter Ronda Rousey recently fought in the ring and lost by knockout, and she was 
very outspoken about your son. I was curious what you what you thought of that. Well, you see about that right there. My son, my my son spoke about that himself, and it, my son spoke about all that himself, and uh, he, he didn't have nothing to say bad about uh, runner. My son know what, how the fight would have went anyway, but he just, like I said, he took the high road, you know, and uh, and um, and and you know that's, that's and that's where it should have been. She got to uh, get up and uh, you know put her stuff on and 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 keep moving. That's what she got to do. Enough. What I wonder what you thought of her losing to a, a former world championship female boxer in, in Holly Holm. Do you think uh, you know? that she has any chance of beating her in a rematch and also too do you think Rhonda might improve as a person from this kind of loss well look look the, the, I, I, well I'm not, you, you know I mean I'm just saying you know her yourself if he, she would have fought Floyd she would have never put up a hand or foot on Floyd because I'm just telling you the way that lady did it it was, it was so easy for her that girl proved her point, and uh, I don't think that she can whoop that girl. I mean, running off, I don't really know her name, but I, I think that she's going to be, I definitely think she's going to be a better person, and I think she's going to learn how to address people better than she do today. Nice. Nice. Well, well I take things back to boxing. Your son's last performance against Berto. How did you feel about it overall? I think it was a, a fight that I think it was a fight that Floyd should have took, and uh, it's for many different reasons. People don't want people to do things. Sometimes people people help people. Sometimes people everybody out here, everybody out here ain't dogs. You know, you got people out here that got feelings about people's and and sometimes and, and sometimes a person know they ain't gonna win but hey it's still a change my life though it'll change my life i've got enough money to do what i need to do all right well you talk to your son after that fight do you truly believe he's he's done that he's content enough to stay retired well i ain't gonna, I ain't gonna I ain't, I'm, I'm not gonna say but i, I will hope one thing that I will hope one thing. Don't, if you ain't going to fight within six months or something, leave the damn game alone. If you ain't going to, if you're not intending to fight between six months or seven at the most, leave it alone because it ain't going nowhere. I'm just telling you because uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, See my son, you know, going out there and um, trying to prove something that it ain't nothing to prove. It ain't nothing to prove right now. He didn't, he didn't done it all right now. It ain't nothing else to prove. Yeah. He didn't done it all. He didn't beat every damn body that's in there. He didn't beat all the top fighters that they're talking about. He didn't beat all the top fighters that they're talking about going to beat the, the top fighters today. He didn't beat them. He didn't beat all the ones that they talk about going to be top dog. He didn't beat them. And the ones that he didn't fight, he can beat them too. He can beat all of them. But like I said, uh, it's just a thing that go, goes along with boxing. Hey, your age play a part. Your age play a part. And, uh, and you mess around here and be jabbing around. You're jabbing around. You ain't got, you ain't got that much time to be wasted. So. Floyd, one of the opponents that they talked about possibly being for your son would be the winner of Canelo Alvarez and Miguel Cotto. Did you, do you have a winner in that fight? My, my honest opinion, I'm going to go with the younger man, the more man that's got more energy, and I think that's going to be able to... Uh, well, like I'm saying, uh, a lot of these guys, look, Floyd's getting out, Floyd's getting out the game right now where the top, the two top guys that would, would probably be at the top, the Floyd ain't there, and, uh, the, those two guys are, 
uh, the guys that's been to pay each other this week. So, uh, but I have to tell you that if I have to just, if I just have to pick off the top of my head, I, I would have to go with Alvarez. Cause I think they wouldn't come as much, he's quite a bit younger than, uh, Cotto. Alvarez is about, what, 25, 25, 26? Well, you know, and that, that'll make, that'll make Cotto, that'll make Cotto 10 years, 10 years or 9 years older than him. Yep. Right. So, I had to go, I had to go with that right there. Being that it ain't my son, I had to go, I had to go with that person. Says the average person ain't smart as my son. So, with right there, right there, left like it is, I have to go with Everest. All right. Oh, well, I just got a couple more things to ask you before I let you off the phone. And it was recently announced that Manny Pacquiao's last fight is going to be in April. It's going to be the last fight of his career, supposedly. And they want it to be against Amir Khan. How do you think uh, Pacquiao will do against Khan if it is his last fight? I don't. I, I think the other guy can beat. I think I think that one guy can beat Pacquiao. Uh, that one guy, that one forty pound. Terence Crawford. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he'll beat Pacquiao. What do you think about Amir Khan though? If it's Amir Khan in that last fight. Amir Khan got a glass jaw. Amir Khan, Amir Khan. If you look at it, if you, if, if you look, if you look at him too. You look at him too long, he's gonna fall out. So, you know, I'm just saying, Amir Khan, uh, Amir Khan, I, well, we, we'll see, but I'm just telling you, if Pacquiao hit Amir Khan, good, Amir Khan gone. Alright. Well, Floyd, if it is Manny Pacquiao's last fight, how do you feel about that, that his career will end, you know, just straight after your son basically ended his career? Well, you know, well, you know, that was, when, when Floyd said goodbye, you know, he said goodbye to Pacquiao and everybody else. So, you know, and uh, unless he decided to come back and do something that who knows, who knows what, because myself, it is no reason for him to fight nobody. Nobody. He needs to stay right there with the Rocky Marciano record, whatever. You know, he can surpass that record, but if he want to surpass it, I think he should do it within the, within the year. Within the year, I think he should do it. Now, now, Floyd, if Manny Pacquiao retires in April after his next fight, how will you remember Manny Pacquiao's career? I'm just curious. You know, we've talked about him for years. How would you remember his career? How? I, I, I look at him like a man that was chasing Floyd for years to, uh, to fight, a fight knew that was an easy fight for Floyd. I already knew that anyway. I mean, honestly, I told everybody that the fight is easy. It ain't, it ain't nothing to talk. I don't care how long they waited. When the fight took place, Floyd did what he said he was going to do. And, and, uh, and I don't think nobody was wrong in this situation for picking Floyd. But how do you think Pacquiao will be remembered for his accomplishments? Do you think he will be remembered for his accomplishments? Well, I don't think he should. I, I will be honest with you. You know, when you when you get to uh, telling the truth about things, and that and the truth is the one thing that's going to set you free. You know, I I know for a fact myself. I ain't going to say that. I know for a fact, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say I truly believe that pretty much all those fights that Pacquiao was winning, he had a, he had a, a way he was winning. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't looking that good the way he was winning fights. So all that looking like all that knockout, this, that, this. I didn't see that man turn around and hit people's. <laughs> I seen people, I seen him turn around at it. He was hitting when he didn't do nothing. When he hadn't did nothing, he didn't do nothing to the people. So it, it, you know, it is what it is. And then, you know, and, and, uh, and, and Freddie, and Freddie, the Joe Coach Roach, 
He still sitting around here. He want Manny Pacquiao to fight. He trying to get Manny Pacquiao to fight. Throw it again. I mean, come on, man. He needs to go sit. His, he needs to go sit down somewhere. Freddie Roach is a joke. <laughs> How proud are you that you you beat Freddie Roach? You went up head to head with him. You know, Tom, it was just like my son. My son beat him as a fighter, and I beat him as a trainer. It's easy for me to beat him. He wanted. He damn near won no damn fight this year. Everybody been whooping his boy's ass. All my boys been winning. Yeah. All my boys been winning. Yeah, I, I just uh, trained another little girl. She coming back here today. And uh, I trained her, and she knocked the girl out in one round. The girl came from Australia. I had to knock a girl out in one round. And then I had a guy... And I have a guy, another guy that I'm training on, and one, he beat his guy good. Then I had Memphis. He beat his guy good. I had the beating. He beat his guy good. You can't, I don't want to hear nothing about Freddie Roach. He's a joke, blowing smoke with no hope. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Floyd, in closing, when it comes down to your son's career, if it is the end, how do you think your son is going to be remembered as a, a boxer among the greats? How, where do you think he'll be? He should be remembered as one of the greatest. I know God is greater than all of us. But when we get, when we get to talking about right here down on this, this planet right here, hey, he should be, he should be well past a whole lot of these guys. That's good fighters. And he, and he's definitely, his name should definitely come up any time in the top ten. All right. Well, Floyd, I thank you so much for your time today. As always, you're so generous to your time when I, I call you up. So uh, thank you for giving me an update on everything that you, you have going on. And uh, I guess I will talk to you uh, later. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one. Take, take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Floyd Mayweather the senior talking about some of the things that are going on with his son. Uh, he brought up in quite a range of detail his thoughts on Oscar De La Hoya commenting about his son in Playboy magazine, the comments that he made. Um, obviously, maybe the senior doesn't feel that was right by Oscar, that Oscar is you know, a little bit jealous and maybe he's obsessed with Floyd. Um, also mentioned some other things that we don't need to mention right here, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, as the father of Floyd Mayweather Jr., you know, he feels like he needs to go out there and kind of step out there for his son, you know, to, to help put his name out there and say it's just not right for Oscar to mention. And as I mentioned in the Ask Dennis segment, you know, it isn't really. I mean, Oscar should mind his own business. Floyd's retired. Floyd's retired. You don't like his career, that's fine, but putting an open letter out to the public quite wasn't right. Um, he also talked about the potential for his son to make a comeback. He says, it's going to happen. It's going to be in the next six months or not at all. You know, and I agree with him. I mean, you, you can't be waiting off for a year at Floyd's age. If Floyd's going to come back, you know, it really has to be for May. You know, it really has to be near that, that type of date in order for Floyd to still be Floyd. You know, you, at this age, you can't take a year off anymore. You can't do what you used to do, you know, in your middle 30s. It just doesn't work the same way. So I definitely agree with Senior in that respect. Uh, Floyd also gave his thoughts on Cotto Canelo. He's favoring Canelo in this fight, favoring the younger man. And additionally, he gave his thoughts on both Manny Pacquiao and, of course, Freddie Roach. So it was just a, a great pleasure to once again have Floyd Mayweather the senior come on the show. Uh, he's one of those guys that I always love to have on because he doesn't hold anything back. You heard it in the interview. He didn't hold anything back. So me as an interviewer, I love talking to him. He's a great person in the sport. So I just wish... Boy, may the senior continued success in uh, the training of his fighters, and it'll uh, be a pleasure again to have him on the show sometime in an upcoming edition. All right, well, with that, let's move things now to the upcoming week's fight schedule, which coincides with ThrowdownFantasy.com's upcoming Fantasy Boxing Challenge. Now, for the fans out there that aren't familiar, ThrowdownFantasy.com offers fantasy boxing in which you can pick five fighters with a budget of 25000 and if you pick the best lineup and score the most points, you can win the biggest prizes. You can play free by going to throwdownfantasy.com. Now, this week's challenge is highlighted by a very big fight. It's, in fact, one of the biggest fights of 2015. 
That is Sewell Canelo Alvarez versus Miguel Cotto. Now, Fight fans have been waiting for this one for a long time. They've been talking about this fight for well over two years. They were talking about it before Miguel Cotto fought Austin Trout. They were saying, hey, you know, Miguel Cotto gets by this Austin Trout guy. They're going to go make this fight with Canelo Alvarez. It'll be a huge fight. Well, as we all know, things didn't go as planned. The fight got delayed. Miguel Cotto eventually, after losing, went back. You know, he teamed up with Freddie Roach, ended up winning a few fights winning a middleweight championship of the world, here we are. You know, I mean, it's a very big fight, bigger than it would have ever been if it happened earlier, and it's a fight I'm definitely looking forward to. Now, when you look at both fighters and, and who you want to pick for this fight, um, you got to look at two things. you got to look at the skills, and then you got to look at age. And both things are very big factors in this fight. Mel Alvarez is only 25 years old. I mean, he's in the time of his career, he's the best that he's ever been, you know, one loss in his career, but it's the, you know, the best fighter on the planet, Floyd Mayweather Jr. It's an excusable loss. You look at Miguel Cotto. He's 35 years old, but he's not an old 35. He's been fighting the best he has in his career fundamentally. He has, you know, uh, a great jab. He has uh, an excellent work rate now with Freddie Roach. Uh, the power has seemed to carry up the middleweight, even though he's not a true middleweight. So you throw age out the window. Now you go look at the fight from a skill standpoint. Who is the more skilled fighter? Chanel Alvarez has shown, you know, even at a young age, he has a great skill set. He has decent speed. He has, you know, good fundamentals. He's got good footwork. He does a lot of things good in the ring. When you look at Miguel Cotto, he's a fighter that does a lot of things very well in the ring to actually doing something great in the ring. You know, the one thing that separates him from Canelo Alvarez is that he had, you know, an amateur background, that he has a better set of fundamentals. And also, too, the biggest thing that he has is that he has an amazing jab. He's got one of the best jabs between the junior middleweight division and middleweight. You know, he's knocked people out with jabs. You know, he's that type of fighter. He's that type of skilled boxer. So when you look at everything right there and you have to look at somebody that you favor in this particular fight, for me, when I'm looking at both of them, between the age and between the skill set, I'm favoring Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto, I believe, is the more fundamentally sound fighter, the more skilled fighter. And when it comes down to the fight, if age doesn't play a factor in the fact you know, that he hasn't shown it at this point, if he doesn't all of a sudden show up gold, I would be favoring Miguel Cotto to beat Canelo Alvarez in a close fight, a close competitive fight, and to win by decision. Now, if you're playing at throwoutfantasy.com and you're picking both of these fighters, Miguel Cotto only costs you $4,600. And I think that's an excellent buy if you're going to be picking this week because Miguel Cotto, on average, scores you 56.8 fantasy points. But in recent fights, he's been scoring more because he's been scoring knockouts. He's been looking very dominant. His work rate's been up. His plus-minus is plus-12. So, you know, he's a fighter that can definitely score you a lot of points not for a lot of money. But on the other side of things, you know, if you're feeling like Canelo Alvarez is going to win, that's not a bad pick either. He only costs $5,100, and his plus-minus is plus-13. But the big difference here, and the biggest difference between both these fighters, and you're considering who you want to pick, is look at the opponent list. Look who each fighter has fought. When you look at Canelo Alvarez, the best fighter he's ever fought in his career, he lost That's Floyd Mayweather Jr. But you look at everybody else, and you look at the best fighters that line up in that record. You see Irislan Laura. That was a close fight that some people felt that, you know, Sol Alvarez lost. You look at Austin Trout. That was a close fight that some people thought maybe should have been a draw. So, I mean, the best fighters that Canelo has fought, he's either lost to or been very close. But you look at Melzell Cotto, he's fought the who's who of boxing. He's beat many, many, many good fighters. And he's looked great of late. So ultimately, when you make your pick there, you got to look at everything. you got to look at age, you got to look at skill set, and you got to look who the fighters actually fought in their careers. So for me, that is Miguel Cotto. That is my pick this week's fantasy boxing. He is the guy that, you know, I believe is going to win this fight, and he's the guy that I believe is going to win you your challenge if you do play this week. Now, guys, as I mentioned before, you should check it out. Go to frownfantasy.com. They have both free games and cash games. If you sign up with the promo code RADIO, they'll give you 1800 100 throwdown points. It's enough to play three free roll games in which you can win real cash. I think the top prize for that, that game is $50. So, you know, you've got nothing to lose. You can take your opportunity and, and see if you can win at Fantasy Boxing.
All right, well, that just about does it for this week's show. I'd like to thank both of my guests, Evelyn Rodriguez and Floyd May with a senior. It was a pleasure speaking to both of them. I'd also like to thank our official sponsor, iboboxing.com. Guys, said it a million times in the show here. Make sure you check out their website, their rankings, check out all the news involving their fighters. You can find that at iboboxing.com. And speaking of websites, make sure you check out my website, www.ontheropesboxing.com. You'll find all of our latest shows, interview articles, everything to do with On The Ropes Boxing Radio. You'll find it there. And, guys, just enjoy this fight weekend. It's going to be a great fight. I hope you guys get to watch it, and I will catch you guys next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.